But as I was growing that time, I realized that I think the clothes we are wearing is more towards your personality and more telling about your expression, what you want to tell it to the world. Mm. So that's actually the fashion. So mm. here in Fashion Jaya, what we actually want to enable, enable a self-expression for everyone. So if I am a person, I want to... I want to look cool i think i can wear cool dresses to express my personality rain podcast welcome to another episode of the award nominated podcast unleash your supernova also ranked in the top 3% of all podcasts in the world i am your host nova rain and I'm excited to bring you another show where storytelling comes to you at its best. I'm going to be introducing you to creatives that are doing what they love while changing the world. Through their stories, you'll be able to learn mindful holistic tips and hacks for how to not only grow in your business but also in your life. We'll learn from these rising stars from around the globe and how they've unleashed their superpowers, sharing their wisdom with you. I'm so excited to have with us today Abhishek Sharma. Hi, how are you today? Hey, I'm glad and thanks for hosting me on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited to have this show with you, especially because we're both in the fashion space and we're both in the tech space <laughs> and it's a really unique time I feel in history with emerging technology and fashion coming together and our listeners are going to hear a little bit more about that but before we dive into the show i want to share a little bit about your bio and our listeners are going to see why else i'm so excited to have you in the studio so abhishek sharma is the co-founder and coo of fashionza an ai driven b2b marketplace and tech enabled global supply chain platform for fashion brands retailers and manufacturers Under his leadership, Fashionza has built a roster of more than 250 manufacturers that serve 300 plus fashion brands across six countries, including the US, Canada, UAE, and India. For nearly a decade, Abhishek has served as a founding team member and early employee at several successful startups. Coming from a software development background, Abhishek held deep product management expertise and served served as the head of product at Limroad, VP of product at Curify and VP of product at Barpays. He's led product teams responsible for growth and customer experience and played a key role in recruitment efforts and scaling operations. In his latest venture, Fashionza, he is delivering value to fashion brands and to manufacturers that serve them. He is passionate about a startup ecosystem and believes that technological disruption will impact lives for the better. As an active angel investor, he has invested in more than 25 early stage startups across the globe. He has been featured in many high-profile media publications and was interviewed also on CNBC's TV Startup Street. Wow, that's a lot of accomplishments. <laughs> I love it. Thanks. Thanks for the warm and very detailed introduction. I am amazed to hear from you. Yeah, I I am well one one of the things I want to say to you that I absolutely love is that you are supportive of startups. And one of the reasons why I launched Rain Magazine about 15 years ago now is for this very same reason to help creatives and founders 
new companies have a platform to be seen and heard. And it was dependent on their story and their impact on their community. And so this is exactly what Fishens is doing as a company in terms of impacting their your community within the fashion space. But then you personally have a passion for impacting new companies and founders. So I absolutely love that. Absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons I invest companies, help our peers and other co-founders to grow and succeed in their life. And I think that's so important because as a young startup, however many years ago in the fashion space, we know that fashion isn't the most straightforward business model. And unless you're in it, you know, a lot of investors don't understand it. So to have a resource like yourself, I think is powerful for other creators. So I'm going to just go back a little bit and ask you the question that I ask all my guests. What is your why? What drives you? What is your North Star? And it's something that I bring up in my book in the very first chapter. I ask my readers to really examine their why. Because oftentimes we're doing tasks or we're taking opportunities or we're living in places that may have been dictated by circumstance, but not necessarily powered by what is really inside us that motivates us, that's attached to our dreams and that serves our highest good. And sometimes our why isn't the best North Star. And until we examine that and really reflect on what that is, Oftentimes we may be pulled away from what is our life's path or purpose. So I would love to hear more about what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is something which is close to the fashion jar and me. That And one of the biggest reasons we started this company. And I just go back that when we're thinking and during my childhood days, we always think that we wear garment and apparel for the safety or for the guidelines of other people, the school uniform, the college uniform, or the functions. But as I was growing that time, I realized that I think the clothes we are wearing is more towards your personality and more telling about your expression, what you want to tell it to the world. Mm. So that's actually the fashion. So mm. here in Fashion Jar, what we actually want to enable, enable a self-expression for everyone. So if I'm a person who want to you want to look cool, I think I can wear cool dresses to express my personality. So that is the biggest motivation we started. And in our company name, obviously the brand name is Fashionza. But if you go and the, the company name, register name is SelfX, which, is, which says that SelfX expression for everyone. And we want to give it using fashion. Absolutely. And my background is in psychology. I actually started my journey getting my PhD in clinical psychology. And I had a divine download, that's what I call it, on one day. And what came to me was that I was going to help people through my love of fashion. So I pivoted after completing my master's to fashion. And But during that time period, I spent a lot of time doing research and various experiments around fashion and how we communicate with fashion, how it reflects our personality, or how it maybe from the observer's point of view, narrating what they think our personality is like. And so simply by wearing a color, someone may think you're kinder or more charitable or more aggressive just based on the color you're wearing. 
And so I, I think that's really unique that you and your team at Fanshenza have recognized not only the power of fashion as it relates to a commodity, but the fact that it really ties so closely to self-expression. And in your bio, it mentions your belief around technology and its disruptive power with impacting our lives and how it's obviously impacting fashion. And that leads me to how self-expression is going to continue to be more of a conversation piece within this new paradigm shift that we're seeing around emerging technologies such as blockchain, such as AI, such as AR, augmented reality, virtual reality. And the fact that we can use these new digital assets to in environments to showcase how we feel or who we are moment by moment, I think it's very powerful. And to recognize that and to bring that into your solutions with what you're doing from a supply chain standpoint and personalization standpoint, trend forecasting standpoint, I think is is really something to be noted. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. As you mentioned rightly, I think the technology plays very pivotal role, and I think world is changing and moving fast here and there. So the way we think, the way we building the solution for brands to enable self enable self expression for their customer whatever they be, they can or they want to do it to give you example that we have our ai platform which predicts the new trends in form of design prints colors and fabric which are actually in demand from the customer or the end user so that is the technology the power of technology we are using it we scrap the data we build the so, so many learnings around that and then we we predict those trends so that way we help brands to actually serve their customer well. Obviously, there are so many things we do it in backend to make sure that is that model of the, the system is actually predicting good. Uh, but the end of the game is ideally is to how we help each and every customer to express themselves. The other thing basically we also learned and last few years, it's all about the digital world or, mm-hmm. or the, the Web3 world where actually most of the people are in a pending or more spending time in digital world in buying nft playing in a game etc etc that also something we want to enable for our brands to launch in their virtual their collection or their range in virtual world as well so that is such a power of technology where we actually go and connect with the customer and and help them or give them a solution where they're spending most of their time or where they or what kind of designs they want oh that's very interesting so you have a plan to move into the virtual spaces as well. Yes. So we have we have we want our brands to sub, to go and serve their customer in that space, and yeah. we want to be like a helping those our customers for that. I love that. And so for listeners who aren't as familiar with this space, I'm sure you've heard of the buzz around the metaverse and. A lot of people who are outside of the emerging tech space, when they think of the metaverse, they think of the Facebook announcement (laughs) last year or late 2021. And it's so much more than Facebook and what they've presented as the metaverse. It really is these virtual spaces. I love that you shared that terminology. It's really the next iteration of the internet and moving from a 2D experience 
where we're scrolling through images and clicking on text to a more immersive experience. May it be through augmented reality that's in your physical environment or you as a digital representation of yourself engaging in a 3D environment online. And so I think that's what's you know so cool about the the guests that I bring on is that they're truly at the forefront of yep. their fields and doing things that are so exceptional and unique. I want to ask you a question about this space and your vision around virtual environments. You know, there's a lot of chatter on the direction of where we're going. I mean, there's estimates of over 100 million avatars or our digital selves being in in these virtual spaces and a not too distant future. And of course, those digital representations will be wearing clothes. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the connection between our physical clothes that we're wearing and how the space is going to grow from a virtual standpoint? I think two things, and you know, I think good we touched upon that, and I see this is happening a lot. It's not a future if you go and see or maybe like I talk to so many Gen Z or millennials, you see the time they spend on game and online things and they buy things they are in terms of the assets or the NFT is already happening. They want to, for example, if you are a customer, if you want you, uh, or if you are a gamer, if you wear Nike shoes in real life, you want to actually uh, buy the Nike shoes in uh, your, when you're playing the game also or doing a, some kind of activity in the game. And that's the most of the people or most of the user is actually asking and looking for. So there's definitely a real like use case or examples around that where actually people are connecting their identity or their the way of their behaving from their real life to the virtual life. And obviously using multiple ways, whether you provide virtual clothes, whether you provide virtual assets or some kind of form of NFTs for the user, it can happen. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you brought that up. I'm thinking of an article that I, I recently read where the person interviewed had shared a comment that his <laughs> his child that was playing one of the virtual games was asking for a product. I'm just gonna say Lululemon was the product they were asking for. And Lululemon does not sell kids' clothing. And yeah. but because the product was in this game and they were buying it with their digital money, their tokens, the game, no, the game money, they wanted it to wear in real life. And so it's interesting to see how we're going to see this ricochet effect where assets only exist in the digital and creates this new demand in the physical, but then starting with physical garments and using physical garments as a means of predicting what people want to wear by bringing it into the digital space as well. And then that leads me to the conversation around sustainability, because we see part of the issue with fashion is the waste that's attached to it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts around these new technologies impacting predictions, trends, and on-demand production as it relates to sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. I think you mentioned it right. I think fashion has a very bad, or I think specifically the fast fashion has very bad 
tag along with is like a very bad impact on the sustainability or it's not a good for the environment and i also feel so if it's not done it right way i think it creates a bad impact because it actually piles up lots of inventory and one of the biggest issue with any brands or any fashion company is that they always have a inventory which is not going to sell of the products at the same time they have a out of stock problem with the products which are in demand or in a trend the the way we see it or the way we are solving this problem is we always want to help brand uh, using our data and technology to predict the right demand or right trends which are going to sell rather than they keep it excess inventory or overstock kind of problem so using our supply chain solution making a more fast fashion supply chain we help our brands our customer to keep that adequate inventory which is actually going to be sell rather than rather than keeping and doing an end of season sale and then liquidation at or maybe like a landfilling at to re- remove those inventory or stocks so that is the how we are solving it and i believe that's the right way and that is going to be future also for the same so predicting a right demand with the right trends and design and sell it to, uh, to the customer so that they can sell it almost like 100% of inventory to to the user is mm. always the right approach to put a less very less or low impact on the environment okay okay that's really great to hear because it is something the sustainability conversation sometimes gets muddy and the definition of what is sustainable or how do we address these issues around waste and i think this is a a really great way to do that i want to ask you being in fashion being an investor supporting the startup ecosystem i'm going to ask it's going to be a two part question what advice would you give a startup a founder entering in the space knowing what you know now around the emerging technologies that you are using in your business model what would you advise a fashion founder that wanted to start a company today i think the one big advice i always give you have to understand your customer their requirement and the time to market you have to actually reduce it a lot whether you call it the fast fashion or the other kind of supply chain i think it doesn't matter what actually matter is basically how soon or how fast you can serve your customer demand mm. so we call it as a demand driven supply chain rather than a fast fashion supply chain and uh, the good thing is that multiple players has solved in past jara has done it beautifully they have shrunk it their timeline of launch design to delivery to a couple of months to four weeks time mm, she wow. disrupted it all together using technology so they did it like a much faster than jara also and that's why they are the biggest brand so anyone who is actually coming and thinking around the fashion space my only advice or i would say my biggest advice is always think of like time to market more demand driven supply chain and more close to the customer so mm-hmm. rather than you build and predict and uh, think that customer will buy just get a data around customer requirement the trends which are going to be there in market and launch the your collection around that mm. yeah that's great advice so and then we see that with this new digital economy where it is more community driven customer driven the customers want to have a closer relationship with the brands they wear they want to know more about the origin stories of the textiles or the founders 
or where it's being made. And they want to, going back to our point around self-expression, they want to really explore with their fashion how to best express themselves from day to day. So having that relationship and allowing your community to have a voice will help with your success if you're launching today. So thank you for that. What about a bigger company? Yes, there's there's a lot of articles and blogs and videos, YouTube, TikTok, where you consume your content, LinkedIn, Twitter. There's a lot of content and, and stories and news about AI, AR, VR, <laughs> blockchain, NFTs, yeah. the metaverse. I mean, there's a lot of noise. And if a, if a company wanted to put their toe in the water, because they know that the train is here is often what I say, the train is in the station. And if they want to explore integrating these technologies into their business model, what should they do first? Like, what would you advise an existing brand that wants to enter into this new space? Oh, interesting. I think if you see and understand most of the biggest brands are facing challenge in their supply chain, both in terms of forward supply chain and the backward supply chain. So getting the product in their store is also biggest problem. And I think there's a multiple points where actually they stuck with. So if you use a right technology, for example, doing a pro- proper prediction on the demand, proper prediction of planning and merchandising, and then proper discovery of the right supplier, and then getting a complete visibility and control on the supply chain, all can be done using a technology. So I'll give you some simple example that in our industry or in the fashion industry, uh, there are three big problems around, we call it the three T's here, trust, transparency, and traceability. And I believe all can be solved using technology. We are doing it. We are not using a blockchain kind of mechanism, but if you just implement those aspects also in the system, so transparency, traceability, and trust can be solved using that also. So that's, a, I think, again, it's like a very big industry and very big supply chain. And there are lots of implementation can be done on the technology in everywhere on each piece of the part of the supply chain. And I might, again, advice to that, I think let's start some of the part and some of the initiatives so that we can see the impacts uh, on them. Mm, I love that. The three T's, trust, transparency, and traceability. And looking at those three areas and how you can use these new technologies to build on those three pillars. So I love that. That was super simple. <laughs> and it gives direction. It's, it's So thank you for that. I want to lean in on your expertise and going back to your why you had mentioned impact was one of the things you wanted to create in terms of what you're doing what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome as you're on your journey and as you're following your north star because many individuals may it be if they're a ceo or a founder or an artist or a designer they're following hopefully the most positive why and the most uplifting North Star, and they fall down along the way. They hit obstacles, they hit failures, and not everyone gets up. So I'd love to hear a little more about that on your journey. What were some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? Yeah, I think uh, when we started, uh, we realized, uh, obviously, because this is like very, very old industry. And mm-hmm. not only old, it's a very big, very fragmented and very unorganized. I'm not sure have you seen 
the factories in india bangladesh or china the way they we work is very the very low digitization happen on that and because of that we also face lots of challenge and still facing it trust me there's a journey uh, which is still we are going through where we face the challenges in finding a right supplier getting a visibility from them getting a good transparency don't from them so those are the challenges big time in the industry and we are still solving it the approach we are taking to solve that is to digitize digitize the production flow digitize the entire planning so that we get the visibility and then uh, we deliver what we actually can com- we commit to the customer and consumer also getting what actually we we wanted to deliver hmm yeah it is an old industry and that's interesting that you brought up the issues around the factories and that is a real thing with technology and your team obviously have done a great job in implementing solutions to help retailers be able to reach the right manufacturers the right factories with the right quantities and as you mentioned in a way that increases trust transparency and traceability so yeah and and it ties back into the advice that you shared for startups and new founders and know your customer know what those pain points are and implement customer driven solutions which is what you're doing in Fashenza so that's really great i want to ask one more question and then i'm going to give you the mic and then you can ask me any question you like what are your predictions for how technology is impacting fashion if we're going to move 5 years out 10 years out what do you think the landscape is going to look like i think couple of uh, direct impact which i want or i i believe it should be there in the industry using the technologies first is i think you also touched upon that is sustainability so i think i'll again break sustainability into three parts or i would say the three p's product people and planet so technology should solve or should help all these aspects they should be getting good product in terms of getting a new designs new trends help people to improve their life or or the work they do it everywhere whether it's part of the factory or whether they part of the stores and the third one is planet obviously because of bringing efficiency or uh, in the supply chain they should reduce the wastage and improve the environment so i think that's the biggest impact i see down the mm-hmm. five year we can which we can achieve or which should be there using technology mm, i love that so you feel the sustainable category the a lot of the issues that we're dealing with now as relates to the supply chain issues around energy efficiency ethical labor waste recycling all of those things will be impacted much more greatly in the future due to the tech we have now and i think that's something to look forward to I and mean, we've seen some improvements and we've seen some innovations that are exciting but it's about scale right and then you had touched on some reasons why that is challenging with working in in such a traditional industry as fashion an old industry as fashion i know i said i only had one more question but i do have another <laughs> and and then i just like when you were talking sure. about people and the planet product people and the planet i couldn't help but my mind yeah. going to ai because is very much a buzzword right now yeah. um some believe it's just a fad 
that it's going to, you know, it's a hype and it's going to fade away. And I would like to hear, I'm not, I'm going to hold back my opinion. I would like to hear your thoughts about AI and its place in fashion right now and where it's going. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll uh, start with the one real example which we have built it here at Fashion Zara. So we have digitized the production floor at factory and one of our module is quality control app. What actually does it at the finishing stage of the garment, uh, we capture all the inspection of the product which is used to, we used to do it manually. Now using, we are doing it digitally on our software. And using that uh, software, actually we build the data and history. And then with the data and history, we predict what kind of failure points can come in that kind of products, which eventually actually reduce the end result or end finishing uh, rejection, which saves almost like a 5% of the garment reduction during the entire process. Mm. So that's definitely impacting of not only for the planet or the wastage, but actually improve the efficiency of the quality person who was doing it earlier. Mm. So that way, I think we can make it impact and all can happen because we have a data, obviously. And on the day, on top of the data, we build our science using artificial AI, which actually predict the kind of failure points of kind of rejection can happen. Mm. Interesting. Really interesting. So efficiency is a big area that you're using AI. And obviously, if if a retailer or brand or manufacturer is seeing the savings there, may it be time, may it be waste, then it's only going to continue to grow in terms of where AI can be utilized to increase efficiency across the supply chain and across workflows internally. And therefore, it's not going anywhere. It's not hype. (laughs) And so... Yeah, I just wanted to share that there are obvious benefits to AI and there are also drawbacks to AI, depending on how it's used and where it's used. But as it relates to fashion and the current infrastructure that lends itself to what we were mentioning around production, around moving the product from the origin point of the textile and getting it to the door of the customer, we can see where AI can be a benefit. So thank you for that. I want to now hand you the mic. This is the section of the show where you play host and you get to ask me a question or two and then we'll take it from there. Perfect. I was waiting for that. (laughs) So I'll I'll start with the same question which you asked me that what would be your advice for a new founder or new person who wants to start something in uh, this space. Oh, I wasn't expecting that one. So thank you for that question. Let me see. I would say if, if someone was starting today, knowing what we know around emerging technology and the impact it's having, which is we're in a very different landscape, even from five years ago. And I would encourage the founder to educate themselves around Web3 around emerging tech and look at where in their business model do they feel they can integrate one of these tools at a minimum to improve their internal workflow or improve 
the quality of the product. And then I love how you mentioned the timeliness of it, but I would look at the quality of the product as relates to how much does it address their needs on a personal or psychological level. And because if you are able to create that value and that emotional connection, you have a loyal customer. The other thing I would say is look at the technologies and where it's going to make the biggest difference in terms of projections. Then look at the value you are addressing today for your customer and ask yourself, how can I be the water, the glass of water, the jug of water in the desert for my customer? What wound am I being the band-aid for? And is this emerging technology necessary for that? If it's not necessary immediately, how can you differentiate yourself in the near future by implementing the technology for a problem that may come down the line? Or maybe you decide your differentiation point is that you're not using this technology as it relates to your story around your brand. So for example, if you are making watches and your story is handcrafted watches and everything is bespoke and handcrafted and and manually packaged and wrapped by hand and (laughs) delivered in a cart. I don't know. That could be part of your story as well. But understanding that this technology is here to stay, it is going to continue to change the way that fashion is created and delivered. And how does your business model fit into that new paradigm? So I would say start with education first, educate yourself and decide which fence your side of the fence you're going to be on. And then if you're on the side of the fence where you're including the technologies, which aspect of your business? You don't want to just look at a use case and say, oh, Gucci did the Gucci garden. I'm going to do you know, <laughs> the Buki garden. No, that's, that's not what you do. You look at what is the problem you're addressing? What value are you going to add? And to your point, earlier around the people, product, and planet, which of these technologies are going to address a specific problem? And maybe it's not with you and the customer. Maybe it's with you and the employee. Maybe it's, you know, I love the quality control example you shared earlier. Maybe it's workflow, internal workflow. And then at the end of the day, that's going to benefit the customer. Happier employees (laughs) create better products and create happier customers. So I love that question. Thank you. I was like, hmm, I probably have like 10 more answers after we finish this <laughs> podcast. Well, I think great, actually. I, I really liked it, uh, the way you described or I think answered it, uh, which actually leads to the second question. I think we talked about the technology, the implementation and the, the impact uh, around that. And I briefly touched upon the supply chain. We discussed about the Web3. What else, what do you think uh, the real impact or the impact in future you see of AI, Web3 in this space? I'm going to look at it from a more positive glass half full perspective because as when I'm sitting on panels and speaking and and doing these podcasts, I do hear a lot of concern around, well, will the metaverse be a form of escapism and are people going to spend all their time in these 3D spaces? Is AI going to replace jobs and and all of those things. So that's like the glass half empty. So from a glass half full perspective, I see the ability for us to 
have more opportunities around financial sustainability. So mm. for creators and founders to have more doors open to them to bring their ideas forward and to reach their customers more quickly without existing barriers that we have today. I also see more storytelling around products that excite customers, that give them more, that don't just treat them as a consumer. Here's a website, here's a price point, and here are a whole bunch of ads to, I would say, persuade you, I'm gonna use a kind word, persuade you to purchase. where it's more about what value as a brand can I give my customer? What experiences can I add to this? What more can I offer them? And in exchange for them coming to my product or my page or my space over and over again, and seeing this relationship as more of a a flow between the customer and the, the product, creator or service provider and using these immersive environments to increase well-being, to increase access, to increase imagination and using AI in a way that allows individuals that don't have certain skill sets to participate in the game with the tool of AI or a variety of tools with AI. And because if they have ideas And maybe they didn't have the resources, the AI tools can help them bring their ideas to life more quickly, bring their concepts to life so they could sit at the table with an investor. They can get the interest of a potential customer. So that's what I'm looking forward to as it relates to where we're going with AI and Web3. I'm looking forward to more opportunity, more creativity, and more access. Interesting, I think, and really like that, I think, very interesting idea around the storytelling and how technology can help. And I I already seeing that so many tools are helping and we are also using it. For example, chat GPT is a buzzword and everybody is using for content and storytelling. So I, I think I, it's a strong advice for all of uh, the audience and the young founders to use such kind of platform and actually, and use it to actually figure out and find the right storytelling for the customer. Thanks, thanks, Noah. I think I really liked uh, this part of the answer. Yeah, I appreciate that. And thanks for playing host. (laughs) I (laughs) never know what questions I'm going to get. So it's really fun to just to explore these questions and issues and with the knee-jerk reaction, right? And so I appreciate that. And I'm really grateful that you had the time to spend with me today to share insight around fashion and technology and the intersection of both from the perspective of a founder and investor. And I think that is something that our listeners are really going to take away these insights and be able to implement them or at least be inspired by them. So I love that. So thank you so much. We heard about sustainability. We heard about efficiency and quality control. We heard about personalization. We heard about on-demand production and reduction of waste and and how to really empower creators, how to empower brands to better serve their customers using new tools and technologies such as this. And at the end of the day, we all are wearing something, right? And so (laughs) whatever it is, we're wearing something and it tells a story about ourselves and just bring it right back to self-expression. 
it helps us better communicate who we are, what we're feeling, but it also helps direct how we want individuals to see us. And if we feel better with what we're wearing, it's going to increase our sense of self. It's going to ultimately increase our well-being. So fashion, just like you said in the very beginning, is more than just a covering. It really is very, very closely connected to our personalities and and what we want to say and how we want to say it to the world. So it's something, you know, what you're doing and what Fashions is doing as a company and a brand is really impacting so many people on such a higher level. So thank you so much and really had a good time exploring this industry that we're both very steeped in fashion and technology. So I appreciate you and and hopefully we'll have you back one day in the future. Yeah, sure. That really enjoyed the conversation and nice talking to you. Yeah. And for our listeners, thank you again for joining us for another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. And as you know, it is a two-time award-nominated podcast with a book called, wait for it, Unleash Your Supernova. <laughs> so you have not, if you haven't gotten the book yet, go out and get it. It's at all your favorite bookstores. It's how to bring your ideas to execution, how to create without burnout. It's for founders and creative entrepreneurs. And so if you're listening to this show and you haven't gotten the book, go and get it or gift it. And again, I want to thank our wonderful guest, Abhishek Sharma from Fashionza for joining us today. And if you have not yet subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, download and share the podcast if you enjoyed what you're hearing today. Thank you again, Abhishek. And thank you to our listeners. Until next time.